0: Welcome to Hey Tubes, this amazing podcast where we are figuring out can we save the planet but make it fashion? Each week, we're going to be answering a different question from a listener about sustainability in fashion, and it's going to be so much fun. So much fun.
1: I am so excited. I can't believe we're finally here in episode one. So if you're wondering who is in your ears right now, we are your hosts. Our names are Jess and Steph Dadon. We are sisters. We are not twins, although we often get mistaken for twins, and we are the founders of Tubes, which in in case you haven't heard of it already, it is a vegan footwear brand with a big environmental focus that we started way back when in 2016.
0: And see, the thing is at Tubes, we actually question anything and everything. We really do. And we have the best, most juicy, juicy chats with our team. We're always talking about Everything to do with balancing our two loves, which are fashion and the environment. And a little while ago, we thought to ourselves, you know what? It's time we open up these conversations and we start having them publicly. We need to start a podcast so we can talk about all this interesting stuff to listeners. And here we are.
2: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Yeah, so while Tubes has this really big environmental focus, now it wasn't always the case when we first launched Tubes We loved animals and being animal friendly was our thing. But over the last couple of years, we've really personally moved a lot more towards thinking about the environment and sustainability. And this has naturally flowed into our business. And we spent a lot of time researching anything and everything to do with fashion and sustainability. So
0: I like to say we know what we're talking about a little bit. You think so? Hopefully, we have spent a lot of time. I went and even I did a fancy course at Cambridge University last year. I did sustainability business management, you guys. I'm fancy. So
1: at Tubes, Jess heads up all things design and production, which is why she's gone down this big sustainability rabbit hole, and she has so, so much awesome information that she's constantly sharing with our team. While I work on the marketing and communication side of things, which has also been super interesting to look at how we include the environment into our marketing and social media conversations and how we're making sure we're not doing things like greenwashing. If you don't know what greenwashing is, don't worry, we're gonna have a whole episode on it in a couple of weeks.
0: So each week on this podcast, we'll be weighing in on the questions ourselves and then what's really fun is that we're going to be phoning a friend to get their perspective so they might have a similar perspective they might be an expert and they can educate us or they might have a completely different perspective they might even change our minds Whoa, ho! ho. <laughs> and we're also going to be having our team members on so you'll get to meet everyone even in an episode we've got our boyfriends on so it's a real family affair over here
1: It really is. Our boyfriends are super excited. They've never been allowed on our podcast before. We have been hosting another podcast called How to Live the Podcast for the last couple of years. Our boyfriends have never quite made it on. So they are super, super excited that their voices are finally getting aired on the podcast. And we'll also be asking you, our listeners, to join in on some of our conversations and weigh in with your opinions. So if you do want to get involved, make sure that you have joined our Facebook group, which is called Tubes, a kind of community. And that is where you can get involved in the conversation.
0: Okay, so all that being said, I feel like maybe we should go back to the very beginning and talk about why it is that we started Tubes in the first place such a good place to start. To give you a backstory, things
1: started 10 years ago now for us in the fashion industry when I was moving to Paris for six months and Jess and I were going to be apart for the first time. Our wardrobes were going to be apart for the first time, more importantly. And we decided to start this blog together or a daily diary online where each of us would post every single day. We'd post a picture of what we were wearing and we'd talk about what we were eating or the fun adventures we were having. And this blog was called how to live
0: and the thing that you guys need to know is that we've always been super into fashion and at this point in how to live we were wearing really really crazy stuff the crazier the better I'm talking pattern on fluoro colors on bedazzled like it's not really my style now but I can look back and I can respect it but something that we did kind of become known for were these really crazy shoes that we would wear these massive massive platform shoes and the cool thing about wearing crazy stuff online in 2012 was that we actually drew this really beautiful audience that really loved the out there and the crazy element of us and appreciated that we were different because at the time what we were doing was really different to what was being seen everywhere else in the fashion online scene and so we formed this community I don't want to say of misfits because like we all fit together in this really beautiful way but it was this really nice inclusive community that we were forming of people that felt like they were different and they didn't really fit and that was just this really natural incredible thing that happened through how to live that we've really tried to carry on through everything that we've done since.
1: Yeah. And where fashion felt really exclusive a lot of the time, we found a way through this community to make fashion inclusive.
0: And at that time, we kind of became known for these really crazy shoes that we were wearing, which were platforms at the time. And we love wearing chunky shoes, like the chunkier, the better.
1: Oh my God. I feel like we have to tell the story of what happened when we went to New York
0: Fashion Week that time in those giant platforms. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course I do. It's one of the top five most embarrassing moments in my life. So on this blessed day, I was actually wearing a pair of YRU platforms. They were gorgeous.
1: They were these giant platforms and they were always shiny and rainbowy and sparkly and just so, so awesome, but so, so high.
0: And I believe these particular shoes weren't so much shoes as they were like a brick strapped to the base of my foot. And then it was attached to the top of my foot by some like clear straps that definitely weren't strong. So we're getting out of our car at New York Fashion Week. And there are lots of photographers around walking in feeling fine. Take one step, takes two steps, takes three steps and falls flat on my face. I'm talking face on pavement.
1: Yeah, like you were planning on getting snapped with the camera not having your shoe snap.
0: It was not an ideal situation. And what made it even less ideal was obviously the cameras. But one camera in particular. So Bill Cunningham, who was essentially the godfather of street style photography. The best fashion show is definitely on the street. Always has been and
1: always will. He's been documenting
0: me since I was a kid. And
1: it's one snap, two snaps. Or he ignores you, which is death.
0: He was there and he shoved his camera in my face and started snap, snap, snapping away at me on the pavement.
1: And I remember you were like, oh my God, Stephanie, that is Bill Cunningham. Bill Cunningham just took my photo face on pavement. And I was like, Jessica, that is just some old dude, that is not Bill Cunningham. You are being such a hypochondriac right now. Like chill out. Some old dude just took your photo. And then we quickly got out our phones and we Googled and I was like,
0: Jessica, that was Bill Cunningham taking your photo. I think I actually felt sick about that for days. Like, you know, when something happens to you and you're just like peak humiliation that every morning when you wake up, you're you feel dread and you forgot why and then you remember and then you feel dread again.
1: Like you're like, please let my dread be about a nightmare that I just had. And we literally chased after Bill Cunningham. who's surprisingly fast. He got on his bike and he started to ride away. And we we're like, please, 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 please delete that photo. Please delete that photo. And sadly for us all, those photos somehow never made it anywhere. I mean, not us all, like happy for me. Sad for us all that we don't actually have evidence of this happening, but I promise you, I was there. It, happened. it was hilarious, but things like this weren't that uncommon. Not only that, it was also like blisters. I remember our feet were just constantly covered in band-aids. We were those people that like, not even at the end of the night, it would be like halfway through the night and we'd be on the dance floor dancing with those shoes on because our shoes were so uncomfortable. And we just started to be like, Hey, hang on a second. Why do women have to wear uncomfortable shoes? Why do our feet have to hurt in order for us to look good? And can we get a little height, but not that much height, and can we feel great about ourselves while feeling like we have really great shoes and we're comfy in them? So this didn't really exist back then. And cut to a big journey that we can get into in other episodes further and further. But basically we decided to create this shoe label tubes. We had no idea what we were doing, just by the way. We love to just give it a go. So we called everybody we knew who worked in shoes or their friends worked in shoes or friends of friends of friends of friends worked in shoes. We had a really random introduction to a guy over email who we then flew halfway across the world to meet and met suppliers. We've had a lot of fun on this journey. So we've been running this shoe label for over five years now and over the years, we became more and more environmentally conscious and we started to realize that that wasn't necessarily aligned with our brand and, and with the fashion industry in general. And for a while there, we were starting to feel really unfulfilled by what we were doing because while we loved fashion, that wasn't enough anymore and it wasn't enough to get excited about fashion if it was destroying the planet.
0: I remember at that point as well, there was this huge period of time where there was a disconnect in the way that we were living our lives and the way that we were showing up at work. So in our daily lives, we were starting to think about avoiding single use plastic and starting to compost in our homes and all of these little minor Changes we were making in our daily lives, but then we were showing up to work and we weren't applying this same knowledge or this same passion for change to our business as we were having in our lives. So for a while, it just felt like we had created this business based on fashion and what the industry is, what it still is today, really. But It was not feeling right to us at all. We felt like we were creating vegan shoes from the very beginning. We are huge, huge animal lovers and putting animal products in our shoes was just never an option. So that always felt good. But then in terms of this environmental piece, there was a huge disconnect and we really had a long period of time where I would say we no longer felt good about what we were doing, but also we didn't know how to stop. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people experience. It's like if you're in a job and you're like, okay, I've been here for years, like I'm making waves, I'm, you know, kind of enjoying myself, but at the same time, I'm feeling like it's a disconnect from my values and I don't know how to get out of it because I'm already on this hamster wheel.
1: So it was two years ago now when we happened to be in New York for Fashion Week, but we heard Greta Thunberg was literally sailing into town to attend that massive climate strike that was taking place all around the world. And the biggest one in the world, I think there were 250,000 people there, was in Battery Park in New York. And we were like, we've got to go to this. And we went to this rally. It was so freaking inspiring. We heard from some incredible people and some of them we're actually going to have on this podcast. And we were just feeling so uplifted and empowered and looking around at these thousands of people that cared about the environment and making change just as much as we did. We were like, yes, this is the way forward. We're going to all band together and save the planet. And then we left the climate rally and we're looking around and we're like, we're in New York City, which is one of the biggest cities in the world and where everyone aspires to come live. And there's just trash on the side of the road and we're going to our favorite bagel place. Yum. So many great bagel place recommendations if anyone needs one. But there's so much single use plastic
0: in these places and straws, even keep cups for us in Australia, which is just like so the done thing didn't exist there. Everyone was carrying around a single use. Yeah, so we started to feel really shit about this and we were like,
1: what are we gonna do? We need to take radical action. Like Greta Thunberg who sails around the world because she doesn't want the carbon emissions from a plane. We need to do things like that and take these big, bold moves to make sure we're actually taking action to save the planet. So we had this genius idea right there in New York City we were like, we could close our business because we think the fashion industry is so detrimental to the environment that we are going to close our business and we're going to create a big PR stunt out of it because we love to create a big PR stunt. And we're going to say to everybody that we've closed our business, even though it's doing super well, we don't think that fashion is contributing well to the environment and this is what we think needs to happen. So right there, we're in the middle of New York and we're like, the business is closing, let's get excited about this.
0: That was three and a half years of Tubes in the making and she was gonna go bye-bye, sleep forever. And that was our reality for a little while. We sat with it. We took a little bit of time. So we started to do a little bit of research. We were like, okay, if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna be full-time activists, we should probably know a little bit more than we know right now. And we started looking into the future of sustainability and what the world could look like if all businesses put the environment at the heart of what they did. And all of the research pointed to the fact that we need action right now and that one single person or in this case, one single business cannot a sustainable world make. So if we're going to really have a shot at this, we being humans, go us, that we really need collective change. And what we
1: realized was people are always going to be buying shoes. People are always going to be selling shoes because while we can feel really good about just stopping our business, there are plenty of big corporations out there that are going to take advantage of any money that they can get. They're going to still sell shoes. And so if people are buying shoes still and people are selling shoes still, well then wouldn't we have way more impact if we actually created shoes that were better and we took the business of those people who were doing bad things and we gave people a solution to this issue of needing to buy fashion but not being able to buy anything that was actually any good for the environment.
0: And I think such a key to that decision was that – it could inspire other businesses to create change. So just because we had decided on this one fancy day in New York that we were going to close our business, we couldn't expect that other businesses were all just going to turn around and be like, ooh, those badass chicks did that. Let's do that too. Maybe some people would have done that. But an inkling tells me that not many people would have. But what we did feel like could happen is that if we were able to create this amazing transformation through tubes if we could put environment at the heart of what we were doing continue to sell continue to grow and offer people something that they really needed that they really wanted and did good things at the same time that that definitely could inspire a bunch of other businesses to put purpose at their heart and that could create real change my friends
1: so over the last couple of years We have totally overhauled and changed tubes. So now we're not just a vegan brand. We are a very environmentally focused brand and we've brought in the environment as a really key value of ours. So what that looked like was we canceled our 22 piece collection when we had this realization of what we were going to do of being an environmentally focused brand. We fully canceled our collection. We pulled out of our retailers. We Disrupted the whole business. And obviously, having COVID was like a really nice time to be able to stop and think about all right, what do we want to do with this? And we were just like, we can't go on a day longer. Other brands might have visions for 2030, 2040. We're like, this is dire. This needs to happen right now. We can't wait that long. We went carbon neutral. We use recycled materials. And we are on this journey now to become more and more sustainably focused. We don't like to say sustainable because right now fashion isn't sustainable, but Jess, let's kind of just have a little chat right here and right now, straight off the bat without speaking to all these experts and going on this journey they're about to go on. Do you think we can save the planet? But make it fashion.
0: I feel like if we are going to save the planet, which I believe we are, I have to believe we are, otherwise I don't think I can get out of bed every day. I think that it requires the fashion industry to get on board like really hardcore. We know that the fashion industry is in the top five contributors to climate change in the world. Like it is a terrifying thing that We all know working in the fashion industry and so many people right now are just like covering their eyes and being like, cool, yeah, I know that I can acknowledge it. And also I'm just going to keep going the way that I always have been. And I don't think that that is the way that we can save the planet. I think what we can do is as a fashion industry collectively rise to this challenge and actually all start to see the environment as the key stakeholder in our business. And I think that really, I don't see how the planet would be saved if the fashion industry doesn't get on board. Therefore, I'm going to say, yes, we can because we need to. I think that like
1: you, I need to believe that the planet is going to be saved. And I think we can do it. I think that all of these technologies, so many of them already exist. And it's just about getting people on board with it. Do I think big industries are going to change? Because let's be honest, like big industries are the biggest contributor.
0: Yeah. It's not little old tubes. It's like big old Zara.
1: Yeah, it's like the big ones that are really making all the difference. Do I think that they will change because they are going to have an awakening, like the CEO of Zara is going to have a spiritual awakening tomorrow and realize that he needs to save the planet? Probably not. No, I don't think that. Are people going to continue to be really greedy in those industries? Yes, I do think that. But I think we as the individuals, we are the ones with the money that that those big companies are relying on to keep going. But I think collectively, the thousands, the millions of us in the world, if we change our behaviors, if we demand that we see change from all of these big corporations, then they're going to have no choice but to follow suit, to get in line, to get on board. And so I think that through we the people creating this change, I do think that those industries will change. And then yes, I do think we can save the planet. It requires everybody to come to the party, pull on your dancing shoes. I don't care if they're tubes or if they're some other more environmentally friendly option, vintage will do, and let's do this. Let's save the planet and let's look really cute while we're doing it. Hey. Let's get into some listener input here. We absolutely love the community we've created through Tubes. We love having really awesome, interesting conversations. And there's so much we can all learn from each other. So we put this question to you, our listeners, which is how do you balance your love of fashion and caring about the environment? And Jess, I asked you this question the other day and I feel like you had a really interesting answer.
0: I love fashion and I love the environment. I think that those are probably my two big loves in life. Actually, I have three big loves in life and the third one is yoga. And I feel like I'm in constant like push and pull with them. Like I'm like, no, the environment, no, the fashion, no, the environment, no, the fashion, because I do love putting on beautiful clothes. It's the way that I express myself. It's the way that I show the world who I am this morning when I woke up. And that's important to me. That is part of my creative outlet and what makes me feel good and fun and a source of joy in the world, but also... I am super aware of Mama Earth and how sick she feels. So, for me, the balance between those things is about not allowing myself to buy a lot of clothes. I no longer buy a lot. I used to be a shopaholic, but I do now only allow myself to buy a few items each year. And they're really good quality pieces that I absolutely love and cannot live without and think a lot about and I know in my heart of hearts that they're going to live on in my wardrobe forever like I'm never going to let them go and I'm going to pass them on to my children and their children if I have any I mean they could go to my dogs they could go to your dogs (laughs) Sunny's gonna be like walking around in
1: like this beautiful cardigan
0: (laughs) I feel like that's my contribution to fashion in the environment is just buying really thoughtfully, really slowly and knowing that I'll keep these things that I am buying for forever. I
1: really like if I do want something new, I feel like a piece of really nice jewelry that I know is going to last forever. I feel like is a really nice way to bring something new into my wardrobe and something that can make me feel good while... Jewelry is something that really isn't seasonal, isn't trend-based. You know that you're going to have it forever. And I wear the same rings every day. I really I wear the same necklaces every day. I don't feel like I need to update my jewelry drobe, my jewel drobe. So, I feel like jewelry is a really nice way that I can inject some newness but still care about the environment by not going out and buy by buying more garments.
0: So, super super excited to hear what our listeners had to share. Let's get into it. Let's op shopping is the best fun ever and being a uni student it's super hard to find good clothes, good sustainable clothes for like quite cheap. But yeah, if you go op shopping you find such good clothes for really good prices. So I realised that I had a spending problem, so now I only buy things if I need them. It's not a want, it must be a need. As well as only supporting companies that pay their employees a fair wage.
1: I have implemented a slow fashion approach by building a minimal wardrobe and making thoughtful purchases. I am not phased by what is currently on trend as I prefer classical items and colours.
0: God bless Alicia there, who was clearly juggling a million things and still had time to leave us her opinion. I just loved that.
1: (laughs) I really love those tips from our listeners. And I think it's so interesting to hear different people's perspectives. You know, as a uni student, you're really thinking about how much money you have to spend. So op shopping is a great option for you. So I feel like this is going to be so much fun getting to learn from our listeners and make sure you are joined in our Facebook group, which is called Tubes, a kind of community where you'll be able to contribute your voice to our
0: podcast. Hey, 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 hey. hey Tubes! Okay, next we're gonna get into a little segment we like to call
1: winner, winner,
0: plant based dinner. La, 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 la. Okay, so this is a super fun segment where we share with each other and with you a little plant based win that we have had for the week. So, Steph, hit me with yours.
1: My plant-based win for the week has got to be that my partner, Ronan, has now turned plant-based. So excited because it just means anytime he cooks himself dinner, he's also cooking me dinner. And anytime I'm cooking dinner, we get to share everything. It's just so much easier. He's obsessed with fruits and veggies now and also like really interested in cooking all of a sudden. And he turned plant-based actually after watching the movie, What the Health? So that was my plant-based win for the week.
0: Oh my God. I love that. Welcome Renan to the party. My plant-based win of the week is the Deliciously Ella app. So I love Deliciously Ella. If you don't know, Ella is an incredible vegan resource. She has recipe books, and also an app, which I have just been cooking up a storm with, and the recipes are so easy. They're so quick, and it also has this really fancy function where you can click like plus to all of the ingredients, and then it adds it to a shopping list, and that's what I did this week at the beginning of the week. I chose three recipes that I wanted to make, put them all in my shopping list, like in the click of a button, and then I've been making the most delicious stuff. Last night, I made this green risotto that had like six different vegetables in it, and I felt like a real adult.
1: Oh my God, that's amazing. You've introduced me to Deliciously Ella, and I'm obsessed with her cookbooks because it's like... 15 minute recipes. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to spend any more than 15 minutes cooking my dinner. So I'm going to have to try that out. I love that. Thanks, Jess. No problem. All right. And that is our first episode done. We hope you learned a little something. Hope you had a little fun. Hope you're excited
0: for the next one. So thank you so much for listening. Please do hit that subscribe button and leave us a review if you're feeling a little friendly. Five stars, we will request, but we don't demand. And definitely come on over to our Facebook group, Tubes, A Kinder Community, and come and follow along on Instagram at Tubes. Also, there's a silent W in Tubes, which you can see from the title of this podcast. Hey! Thank you so much to our podcast producer, Amelia Navasquez, our podcast coordinator, Bianca Whitner, and a big thank you to King Cora and Lily3PO for creating our incredible theme song.
1: We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record. The Boonarong, Boonwarang and Warringiri Wawarong peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation and the Arakwal people of the Bunjalung Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging.